Kane's Big Joe for Absolute Comfort, your trusted independent American Standard Air dealer. And owner Chris Wedekin sells the Mitsubishi Electric Mini Split, a great option for heating and cooling where ductwork can't be installed. If you have one of those homes that has baseboard heat or electric heat, ceiling cable heat, these can be specifically designed for those houses because in those houses it's very difficult to have them do all the construction and remodeling that goes with adding ductwork into those types of homes. Find out more by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted independent American Standard Air Mitsubishi Electric Elite Ductless Pro Dealer. It's a big day on Capitol Hill yesterday. Surprise, surprise. The Biden family is totally corrupt and is yes. sold out America. What are the odds? <laughs> it's the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Kebs here. Tony Kennett in for Casey today. So, yes, yesterday the IRS whistleblowers uh, in front of the U.S. Congress, uh, House of Representatives, talking about Hunter Biden's finances, the things that they learned uh, from financial dealings, tax returns, etc. And again, Tony, you walk away from this hearing yesterday, especially the fact that the one guy, according to Daily Mail, is a gay Democrat who testified. You don't have, this is not some radical right-wing conspiracy. This is not, you know, a bunch of MAGA members of the IRS out to get Hunter Biden. It's the guy is so, and the family is, so blatantly corrupt and so just brazen about it that these guys said, we got to do something. And really, that should be everyone's key, that there's something about to break that's even bigger than this, because you have Democrats that are starting to realize, hmm, the longer I stay quiet about this and the more evidence there is that I knew about it, wait until this blows up and the fact that there's a D next to my name is going to sound pretty precarious to the average voter. Or if you have individuals who recognize that perhaps a Republican administration might be coming soon, who's about ready to start swinging the axe at the vast majority of alphabet agencies. Again, I know my lips to God's ears, but we can pray hope and dream right that perhaps those are individuals that are saying i need to come clean so that when it's time to swing the axe that i only get a pink slip and not a jail cell all right so uh here is an interesting back and forth where both there there were two guys up there testifying yesterday and both of them confirmed they believe the big guy is joe biden and perhaps more important the assistant u.s attorney the case didn't want any part of dealing with the fact that Biden was the big guy. In the day of action, you guys were intending to interview 12 people, one of whom was Rob Walker, a a business associate of Hunter Biden. Um, And in particular, you wanted to talk about, uh, I think the quote is, 10 held by H for the big guy, right? Um, So what, who was the big, who did you infer that the big guy may be? So, All I can do is speak to the evidence there. What I can say is I think I know what you're referring to is when we're preparing for that, we're preparing for that interview and we're referencing that email, 10 held by H for the big guy. And from what I understand that to be president, his dad, President Biden. Okay. um, So I'm sorry. I just want to ask Mr. Shapley uh, a similar question because the AUSA, AUSA Wolf interjected, and I'm reading from your transcript now, and said she did not want to ask about the big guy and stated she did not want to ask questions about dad, quote, in quotes. Who did you, who did you take dad to be when she refers to dad? The, The father of the subject is President Biden. President Biden. And so even by her response, she's inferring that Joe Biden may be involved in Hunter Biden's transactions. So right there, I mean, look, any person with a firing synapse in their brain would recognize the big guy is Joe Biden. 
Right. Hey, so remember uh, like Watergate? <laughs> remember Watergate and when the Washington Post broke the story because, you know, democracy dies in darkness and like we have to report on governmental corruption. All right, cool. And then like the Clintons in the 90s, they, the Washington Post reported on it because, you know, corruption in the White House. And then, you know, the Washington Post reported on George Bush and they reported on Trump. And they said, well, we have to do this because democracy dies in darkness. Uh, did you know that there is absolutely no reference to these hearings at all in the Washington Post's <laughs> edition this morning? <laughs> Boy, that's oh, by a- the way, it's Thursday. Thursday morning is their corruption highlight article <laughs> series. Not a word on the fact that the president of the United States is directly implicated in a series of foreign payments and bribes. All right. Uh, one of the real heroes in yesterday's hearing was our old pal, Large Marge, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And uh, you love the fact that at one point she actually showed nudes of Hunter Biden uh, to the world. Uh, she had him on. A, remember, like in school, you have to do your science fair project. Oh, yeah. You the get the po- foam board all like lined up and folded up. <laughs> she had it up. And boy, it was it was him just as naked as a, as, a, as could be. And uh, he was receiving uh service service of some sort and uh boy she was she was just on it and they got real mad about that maybe we'll play that audio later but here more importantly she points out hunter biden's payments to prostitutes were flagged for su- suspicious activity and that they could have been related to dun da da human trafficking uh ziggler the fbi whistleblower or the uh, irs whistleblower confirms during your testimony with the House with the House Ways and Means Committee, you stated that through bank records, you identified Hunter Biden was paying prostitutes related to a potential prostitution ring. Is that correct? Yes or no? Yes, that's correct. I've also reviewed that those same bank reports, commonly referred to as SARS, suspicious activity reports, and I'm very troubled by them. We read thousands of them in the Treasury. This particular excerpt from a SARS report talks about human trafficking uh, and in regards to Hunter Biden and Owasco and and payments he was making. What's even more troubling to me is that the Department of Justice has brought no charges against Hunter Biden that will vindicate the rights of these women who are clearly victims under the law. Um, I would like to talk about in your prior testimony, you stated that the prosecutorial team was investigating violations of the Mann Act. Is that correct, Mr. Ziegler? That is correct. Regarding the Mann Act, if a person is transported across state lines for sexual activity, such as prostitution, that could be a violation of a federal law. Is that correct? Uh, I actually recently looked at the federal law regarding Mann Act, and I believe that that is correct, but I would refer you to the DOJ manual. Thank you. The level of stuff Hunter Biden was involved in and the fact that he waltzes around a free man while Donald Trump is on the fight for his life, I mean, it is just... What a banana freaking republic we're living in in this country right now. I, I bet you have to actually start to consider at this point that Jill Biden is actually thankful that her husband has severe dementia because in an investigation, Biden bumbling around and having no idea what to say or do because he has no memory of anything would actually be effective here. Seriously, because in any case where Biden was being pressed by a congressional committee to answer for all of the crimes that it's clear now that he was aware of that his son was committing. And again, not just photos that Marjorie Taylor 
Taylor Green is putting out, but also video that's starting to leak of Hunter Biden engaging in possible pedophilia and not just like suspected, but the girls in those videos are very, very young. And we're just supposed to just, you know, kind of just slough it off and go home because AOC says that this is all Donald Trump's fault. I didn't see Donald Trump in any of those photos or videos. I didn't see Donald Trump in any of those texts or phone calls. Did you? Speaking of pedophilia, and I want to uh, let's go ahead and take a break because I want to play this clip from Joe Rogan's show talking about Epstein and Bill Clinton and that famous photo of Bill Clinton in a dress that was in Epstein's house and what his theory is on that. I think I think it's absolutely fascinating. And uh, I want to get into this. This the other thing that's fascinating to me is. It appears the governor of the state of Indiana is about to extend a giant middle finger to his lieutenant governor. So we've got a lot to get to. Tony Kennett in for Casey. It's Kennell and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Question for you, Tony. Kennedy. Ask away. It is Kendall and Casey show. Rob Kebs here. Casey's out. Tony Kennedy in for Casey today. So last segment we were talking about how Large Marge put the nudes up of Hunter Biden during the hearing yesterday. Absolutely. She had the little poster board type thing with the the nudes. Actually, Kevin, I'll give you a second here if you can pull it up. Number uh, number four on the audio. Uh, if you just let me know when you have that up, because I want to play it. Oh, we have it. Okay. So here is the actual, there was audio when Large Marge put the nudes of Hunter Biden up for the world to see. And the Democrats were very, very upset that Hunter Biden, it is him. It's not like it's artificial intelligence. It's definitely him engaging in service acts. I think we can say that. Um, But the Democrats were irate that that was presented to the world to see. Uh, Take a listen. Mr. Shapley, you, you started an investigation under Hunter Biden, codenamed Sportsman, which opened in November of 2018. Um, it, it was an offshoot of an investigation the IRS was conducting into a foreign-based amateur online pornography platform. Um, this, this is evidence uh, of, of Hunter Biden making sex. Excuse me, this is my time. Making pornography. Should we be displaying this, Mr. Chairman? Week's time's expired, and uh, with two and a half minutes over, Mr. Chairman, Mr. Bufume wants the two and a half minutes. He can have it if, if he wants to yield okay. some to Mr. Ocasio. Uh, <laughs> you can't show that in Congress. That belongs in children's public school libraries. Four-year-olds should be reading about that. That belongs in gender queer. That okay. doesn't belong in Congress. Okay, so my question to you is the average person, if videos of them engaged in sexual acts where they're likely on drugs of some sort were displayed in a congressional hearing would be mortified. I don't think Hunter Biden actually cares at all. I don't think there's any like remorse. 
I don't think he goes, oh no, my he's gosh, fine. I'm, I'm so embarrassed by no, he's this. Fine. He's been covered up before, and I, I don't mean as in clothing. I mean, like, you know, the federal government. <laughs> uh, no, he, he's fine. He, you know, he thinks he's just going to live out his days and, you know, do whatever it takes. In this case, of course, that would be, you know, minors. Uh, but that's just, you know, whatever is going to happen. He's, he's fine. He's got his Coke. He's selling his paintings. He's, he'll be okay. You, uh, and, and I think that is the biggest thing. Like, I mean, it's very sociopathic behavior for the Biden family where, you know, they don't feel, they don't feel any remorse for their actions whatsoever. I mean, Joe Biden, look, it's one thing to love your kid, but it's another thing to continue to offer full-throated endorsements of your kid. And Hunter Biden is not just some poor guy who was down on his luck because he had a drug issue. Hunter Biden is an evil, awful, corrupt, slimy, terrible person, just like his dad. I mean, at this point, again, I'm, I'm, as I asked you over the break, I'm wondering at what point individuals who are trusting Republicans to actually put a stop to this, at what point the average person decides Republicans can't do something or, and then they take matters into their own hands? Because that is a concern. That's not something I'm looking forward to. But reminder to those that are working in government that the moment you stop defending the rights of those that you serve, they will do it themselves. And that is not a good thing. People learned that in the French Revolution. When the guillotine comes out, there is no longer a semblance of law and order. So you have a response. It's not just something you can slough off and the average person will go, well, you know, sometimes life just does that way. No, this is being broadcast on national television. It's very hard not to look at the, the son of the president of the United States who engaged in illegal activities of numerous sorts and think, well, you know, I mean, hey, but that's the president's son. No, the average individuals don't react like that. There will be a reckoning. I pray to God that we are able to solve this before it becomes something much worse. All right. Um, you mentioned earlier that there are now rumors, that there are allegations about Hunter Biden not just being engaged in sex acts with adults. Obviously, in the hearing, they were talking about Large Marge asked the question about potential sex trafficking. Um, the But now there, you were saying that there are some allegations, rumors, whatever, that even pedophilia potentially could be involved? Uh, there have been several videos that were released and, and they, they appeared on several different national television programs, some of which, you know, were from state propaganda outlets. However, some were from reputable news outlets around the world. And they show the uh, son of the president of the United States, Hunter Biden, engaging uh, nakedly with uh, very, very, very young women, girls. And uh, again, there is uh, all kinds of junk that is still coming out about this. And I really do hope that we see more individuals in the IRS and others that are come forward as whistleblowers as they realize the tide is turning. Uh, and I, by the way, I honestly, I think that you're going to see Gavin Newsom turn on him pretty soon before he gets into the race, because I do think that bubble will pop. Well, speaking of that, whether Hunter Biden is or is not engaged in it, there is no doubt that pedophilia is a colossal problem. Child sex trafficking is a colossal problem in this country and around the world. And obviously, one of the most prominent figures of that was Jeffrey Epstein. Right. And um, I was talking with somebody about this yesterday. There is no doubt in my mind now that Jeffrey Epstein 
was working in conjunction with the government in some shape, form, or fashion. Well, he was a master. He was a master blackmailer, right? So he would he would get some kind of information on you, and then he would say, you know, I want to take care of you. Everything's fine. You know, just come and enjoy all of these wonderful things. But now I have you, and I'm going to ask for favors in return, and you're going to kind of take care of me and give me money in return. He was the ultimate blackmailer. The more that we find out about him after his passing, he had to have been working at least in a blackmailing sort of fashion with agents from the government to keep things silent. Because how is it that, okay, we know he did all this stuff, right? We know what he was. We know what his little assistant there was, Ghislaine Maxwell. And yet not one person has been charged. I mean, somebody went to these islands, right? Somebody went there and yet nobody has been charged with being the, the recipients of the stuff that we say he's doing. I'm not asking this to be shock jock guy. I'm not asking this to be facetious. How is that possible that we have a guy who was arrested for this? We have a woman who was convicted for this, and yet not one person has been arrested or convicted for being a part of this. They didn't do it themselves. They brought people there. Now, for, for your average Republican out there who might say, let's say you're running for, let's oh, let's just pick a random office, mayor of Indianapolis, and you're out polling voters, and you're maybe wondering what Republicans are concerned about. Uh, Republicans are concerned with things like child sex trafficking. You can tell because the movie Sound of Freedom is busting out box office yes. records for a movie of that size. With absolute, absolutely. And it's doing very well because Americans are concerned about that. Now, I don't know about you, but do you see any movies about confiscating guns currently doing the rounds <laughs> in the box office? No. Look, so if you were running for, again, let's say the mayor of Indianapolis, maybe you should address what voters are actually concerned about. Maybe your, your plans in public safety for how Indianapolis might address child sex trafficking. After all, we have a ton of interstates going through and around the city. What are you going to do about that? Nothing about that, but people buying handguns before the age of 21, that's got to stop. So Joe Rogan uh, was talking about this, and he was talking with a guy named uh, Duncan Trussell. And that's the, you know, he always has a different guy on his on his show each time, or, or girl. And he, according to Rogan, he believes that Epstein was blackmailing Bill Clinton and that that photo, that famous photo, that large portrait of Bill Clinton in a dress was a message to Bill Clinton. Listen to this. Why do you think Epstein had that giant painting of Bill Clinton in a dress in his foyer? Dude. Do you know that picture? Yeah. That painting? Epstein's taste in art was not great. Like, if you look at the that was great. That, that that painting is like I got you. Bitch. That's what that is. All right. You got a president who was on the flight logs twenty six times with Epstein, and you got that guy in a fucking dress in your house. Okay, I'm you, dumb. I'm sorry, dude. I'm officially dumb because I've known about that picture, and I've just been like, why would anybody want? A that that is, I got you. Bitch. That's just a like, hey, yeah. That's I got you. Bitch. That is terrifying. That's terrifying. Imagine if I knew some horrible, dark secrets about you, and you came over my house, and I have a giant painting of you right when you walk into the front door. Yeah. Of you in a dress. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, buddy. Hi, welcome. You're right. How f***ing terrifying that would be. That's terrifying. You know he knows about it. I mean, you walk right in, and bam. There's that painting. And now you kind of control a president. Holy shit, dude. Holy shit. Yep. 
Of course. It's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, I never thought of it in those terms, but then when you hear him say it out loud, you just go, oh my gosh. And by the way, male Oprah, uh, sorry, Joe Rogan has a very, very <laughs> large audience of average dudes. Yeah. I don't listen to Joe Rogan for a number of reasons, but he has a very large audience and he makes a lot of great points. This would be one of them. I say again, the longer that you continue in the broad face of American public to flippantly wave around all of the crap that you're getting away with in front of them, the shorter the fuse of the patience of the American public will grow until something pops because there are real needs that Americans are facing right now that no one seems to care about. By the way, this is why the rise of the populace is very important to note. Populism in both the Democrat and Republican parties, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Donald Trump, is growing continually because... You always see a rise in populism when governments are getting away with really, really gross things and neither reigning opposition party seems to care. And so we're going to keep going down this road until someone gets hurt, unless perhaps Republicans wake up and actually start taking their roles as civil servants seriously. All right, let's take a break. Tony Kennett's in for Casey. When we come back, it appears the governor could be about to extend a giant middle finger to his lieutenant governor. I can't wait. This is just the drama of this. I love it so much. Unbelievable. We'll talk about it. Coming up next, Kendall Casey Show, 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. Show. WIBC. I'm Rob. Kev's here. Tony Kennedy in for Casey. All right, so I, you know me, I'm a, I'm a sucker for uh, political drama, Tony. You don't say. I really enjoy political drama. I enjoy palace intrigue, and there is a whole bunch going on right now down the street from us because Brad Chambers, he is the Indiana Secretary of Commerce. He runs the Economic Development Corporation. Okay, has announced he is stepping aside. Now, what that means when you run, you're the Secretary of Commerce, you run the IEDC, you are Holcomb's head goon to facilitate whatever pet economic project Holcomb wants to appease his big business buddy so he can go to ribbon cuttings and his elite elitist social uh, circles. The guy who holds the large golden scissors to cut the ribbon. Basically you are, yes, large golden scissor holder guy. Well, that's quite a thing to put on your business card. <laughs> Sounds like he's qualified to run for governor. And let's face it, I mean, if you look at what the primary uh, emphasis has been in terms of economic development. I have an em- wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean the Indiana gubernatorial primary? There's been an emphasis. Well, there's been an. I'm talking from the governor himself. Oh, oh okay. I was going to say there, you oh, and I both no. know there's been no such thing as an emphasis. No, there been in no, this primary. No, okay. no, no, no. We'll get to the governor's race here in just a second. But you have seen the primary goal of this governor sure. with express written consent from the Indiana General Assembly to use as much money from poor and middle-class people as possible to the tune of billions of dollars now during his time as governor Mm. to facilitate, to gobble up as much farmland as he can to strong-arm. I mean, we've had the people in Boone County on these farmers who, you know, said, look, the people who sold, most of them didn't want to sell, but they was made abundantly clear, you will lose eventually. You might as well sell and save yourself the time and hassle of, of dealing with this. Uh, we have seen the strong arming of land from farmers. And then my favorite thing at all this is now there's some big research going on from the Indiana General Assembly about, well, gosh, a lot of our farmland is disappearing, Beeve. Maybe we should try to figure out why all the farmland is disappearing and where it's going. Oh, newsflash, you're doing it. You're taking our money 
and you are gobbling up farmland to do sweetheart real estate deals from some of the largest, most powerful corporations in the world like Eli Lilly. That's where it's going. So, first of all, there's a few things here that I would really like to point out. Number yes. one, this reminds me very heavily of the uh, I think you should leave clip where there's a guy in the hot dog suit and he's like, we're trying to find the guy who did this. <laughs> who just like drove his car through a window. Number two, this is when I stop being as much of, of, of a libertarian sympathizer and I really start putting on my Teddy Roosevelt spectacles. Yes. Because at this point, I really do believe that Indiana should pass a law, uh, first of all, which investigates Eli Lilly for its corporate asset holdings. And number two, that not that's not the law. I just that's a nice sidebar. But number two, I think that Indiana should pass a law that if you are not a resident of the state of Indiana, you cannot own land here. You can't. If you do not reside in the state of Indiana a certain number of days out of the year, and I don't mean five, I mean the majority, <laughs> the supermajority of the year, you should not be able to own land here. I know a lot of excellent farmers outside. And by the way, this is something that I have as an issue with a lot of Indiana Republicans. You didn't know that you just like opened up a can no, of worms, did you? Go. So uh, we have this problem in the Indiana Republican Party where we pretend that in- as Indianapolis goes, so goes the state because we're stupid. No, <laughs> Indiana is a large part made up of farms and farmers who work their tails off, losing money in a lot of the time with these ridiculously expensive machines they have to maintain to make ends meet, to cultivate the land, the materials, to protect our environments that we have in the rural areas that no one in the suburbs or the city is doing. And here we are yet again screwing over those working out on the farms in eastern central Indiana and northern central Indiana. God forbid we ever talk about southern Indiana. No one gives a crap about them and we don't actually represent Hoosiers that we're talking about all we do is we screw them out of their land and we build another suburb it's ridiculous we don't take care of our land here in Indiana we don't and this is what we get It's interesting you say that. And then we turn around and we ask them for their support. Well, it's interesting you say that because it's happening at all levels. And we'll get to Brad Chambers here in just just a second. But you've kind of spurred an interesting conversation, which is I drive around the town that I live, which is Brownsburg. Warehouseburg. Yes. Where if you need a high density single family housing development or a warehouse right next to each other in many cases, uh, if you put Brownsburg into the game SimCity, it would be rejected for failure, does not compute. And I drive around That's a great reference, by the way. I like that. Well, not to make this like old man yells at clouds or like a version of my hometown. It's a zoning catastrophe. Well, it is. I look at what it was when I was a kid and I look at what it is now. And I am not a person who, look, I know growth on some capacity is inevitable. Right. But if you look at the suburbs around central Indiana and the completely irresponsible way in which they have grown... The landscape and identity of what Indiana is and what it means to be a Hoosier is rapidly evaporating. And once you put concrete into the ground, you can't unconcrete it. It is forever that. Once the farmland is gone, once the fields are gone, once the trees are gone, they are gone forever and it is happening all across the state of Indiana. And for the people that tell us no, well that's not true, you know, I mean it's not just going to keep expanding. Once it's there it can always be removed and reverted. Uh, Exhibit A, Castleton. Have you driven through 40 on your way to Indianapolis? The area between 40 up through Castleton is a waste 
land. All of those big shopping centers that they build, all of the malls, all of the fancy whatever, are run down, empty wastelands. They are strip mall uh, Armageddon out there. It's ridiculous. And yet we keep pushing out here. And by the way, I'm, I'm not saying that you shouldn't ever build a suburb. I'm not saying that at all. I am saying that once you get rid of the top five Indiana cities, the the number six through the number 26th sized Indiana towns and cities have not rejected a single zoning permit in eight years. In eight years, Greenfield, Indiana, we're not sticking around. We're going to be leaving before long because I'm tired of waking up and seeing yet another development. And the town is not increasing the number of road lanes. They're not preparing. They're reducing it. We don't take care of our small towns at all. There's only one gubernatorial candidate who gives a damn about any of them at all. And it's ridiculous because we're concerned about Eli Lilly getting another kickback. Yeah. All right. So the reason on all this, maybe we'll get deeper into this next hour because I think that's a really interesting conversation. Um, But... The reason I mention this is Brad Chambers now has resigned as the his very high-profile position as the Secretary of Commerce, head of the IEDC, and it is widely believed he is going to very soon announce a run for governor. Now, yesterday, I got a message from a birdie who has been super reliable birdie throughout my entire time here at WIBC. People always ask, how do you get all this information? How do you blah, blah, blah? Because there's a lot of people who work in the state house who can't stand the people that run the state and they need a job and they don't have a voice, but they know I do have a voice. And so I am taking this very seriously when this person told me this, that very soon what I have dubbed Holcomb Hupfer Incorporated, which is Eric Holcomb, the governor, Kyle Hupfer, the state party chair, those two share a brain and are joined at the hip, are about to put their full weight and everything that comes with them, the Oompa Loompa goon squad that goes out and does the the work for them, is about to put their full weight behind Brad Chambers. Which would make sense because he is Mr. Establishment guy. He is the ultimate, you know, if you look up establishment crony in the dictionary, there'd be a big picture of Brad Chambers. However, it is fascinating because Suzanne Crouch, who is Holcomb's sitting lieutenant governor and has been the most reliable, predictable, dependable yes man crony stooge you could possibly have the past seven years is running for governor and it appears Holcomb is just about to stick a giant middle finger right in her face and say good luck with all that it's that I means absolutely hilarious I, I do want to know really quickly because I, I, people are, are griping at me in the comments when I said 40 and then I followed that up by Castleton I mean from Cumberland 40 and that wedge if you swing yeah. up to Castleton I just want to make that clear as far as Holcomb you know kind of giving a middle finger to Suzanne Crouch well Suzanne Crouch has nothing to offer the state of Indiana whatsoever I don't blame Holcomb for leaving her completely alone again not one gubernatorial candidate say well Doden in some ways but I have not seen gubernatorial candidates actually providing anything that Hoosiers can latch on to for leadership. And then you're telling me about this Brad guy that I honestly don't know, don't care. No one knows or cares. I mean, literally the reason that Braun is winning the primary so far is because of name recognition. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And and now Holcomb's going to throw. I mean, it's just it's all a big waste. This is the easiest gubernatorial election for decades in the state of Indiana. And no one is actually running. Uh, everyone's just kind of like milling about because no one actually wants to be a leader. It's incredible. Well, and you look at if you're Suzanne Crouch and you say, I was the most loyal foot soldier imaginable for seven years through all the tax increases. She said nothing. 
through all the lockdowns, the shutdowns, the business closures, the job cancellations of 2020, she said nothing. Trying to put you in jail for not wearing a mask, she said nothing. The Malik Muhammad meet and greet, she said nothing. The uh, calling law-abiding citizens a human Petri dish and the rioters noble, she said nothing. Through all of this stuff, Silent Suzanne has been the best friend and partner Holcomb could possibly have. She's given him millions of dollars for his campaign account, and yet... When when it comes time to support someone for governor, he he's like, thanks thanks for all that. I'm out. Hoosiers are in the mood for a DeSantis, for a Yunkin, for a uh, for a Huckabee, for a Kim Reynolds of Iowa. They're in the mood for a governor who can govern, has a little bit of charisma to actually head off some of the media and actually lead Indiana. They're actually looking for a governor that they can connect to. And by the way, that matters. They're not looking for whoever Eli Lilly simp is today. They're not. They're not looking for whoever's going to give another kickback to whatever warehouse is going up along your interstate. They're not looking for that. They're looking for some Someone who can directly support them in their need, which often means getting the heck out of their lives and just letting them live. Yet, if you're Suzanne Crouch, you don't get to come out now and go, oh, I'm so conservative. Oh, I'm this. I'm that. No, because you've been completely silent. Scoreboard. Yeah. Scoreboard, ma'am. Yeah. I, show me where. Show me where in the last couple of years when Hoosiers were begging for any ounce of conservative leadership. I work for the Heritage Foundation. It's the most conservative. It literally is the conservative think tank. Do you know who at Heritage is talking about Suzanne Crouch? Me, because I'm the only one who knows who she is. She doesn't know anything about conservatism. None of us, ha- none of us have any idea who she is or what she does or what she's standing for. And if they are, if there is someone on a, on one of our committees that does, I've never heard about it. Considering I'm one of the only Heritage employees in Indiana, that would be kind of a shock to me. So on one hand, I say, well, this is hilarious because she totally deserves to be screwed over by Holcomb. But then I look at it and I say, it's pretty pathetic that you sold your soul to this guy. And you clearly desperately want to continue to move up the political ladder. And when it came time to back you, because you got in bed with an awful, horrific, terrible group of people, and you were willing to sacrifice the people you were supposed to represent to continue to prop yourself up with a group of terrible, horrific, awful people, you are the one getting screwed in the end. And maybe that's just going to have to be gift enough. All right. It's Kendall Casey Show. Tony Kennedy in for Casey Hammers coming up next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Tony Kennett's in for Casey. Hammer, hello. Yo. So you got Jefferson Shreve coming on next Wednesday. They said he will be here Wednesday. Uh, We're looking forward to it. And um, it's going to be a fascinating conversation because I, I think there is a little bit of a disconnect on just how angry that gun proposal made people who were going to vote for him. And I think maybe there's an underestimation of how many people are actually not going to vote for him unless there's some sort of rectifying of that. Right. And I fall into that category. You know me. Nobody hates Joe Hogsett more than I do. I was probably rooting for Jefferson Shreve harder than he was <laughs> when I announced he was uh, going to be the nominee uh, when he won the primary. But that whole gun proposal thing, just it's a middle finger to people like us. And if you live here, and I live here, and I work downtown, right? I'm not in some suburban area. 
Law-abiding citizens are not the problem. Constitutional carry is not the problem. It's only a problem for stupid people who don't know what they're talking about. Because really, the whole thing with constitutional carry, and I'm not trying to get all gun guy on you here, but the only difference between constitutional carry and what the law used to be is you don't have to have a piece of paper anymore. You still have to pass a background check. But stupid people don't understand that. And the record number for homicides in this city were before constitutional carry. So stop blaming people like us. We're not the problem. So Tony and I had this conversation in hour one. And and I go back and forth on this. And I think I'm on Tony's side ultimately on this, where he's 80% better than Hogsett. We can't deal with four more years. I can't get with you with 80%, but go ahead. Well, look, I mean, the the public safety director back is much better. It will improve things. The plan with the police officers will improve things. But the and so I look at, OK, is this guy just pandering to the point where he knows it's not going to pass? And then ultimately he once he gets elected, goes, oh, that was cute. I'm not doing that. But then, you know, Tony made the point. And he's right. If if he's willing to do it on this, if he's willing to virtue signal pander, whatever word you want to use on this thing with the guns, then what else will he backtrack? Pro life on? on, I guarantee it. Pro life will be the next thing that he'll turn on. Which again, culturally with Republicans is a big issue. But also, I want to make this. That doesn't matter. The, I mean, it doesn't not say it doesn't matter. But no, the mayor but of Indianapolis saying, doesn't have anything to do with it. I'm saying like, no. What other issues that he is directly over will he do the same thing? So I'm with you, Tony. Well, you, a, you don't know, right? You, you don't know. And the, the question that I wanted to ask Hammer, and I wanted to, I wanted to see if you heard the news this morning that uh, someone was just shot outside the war memorial this morning and that's two blocks from Hogsett's little safe circle and his little manicured fake lawns that he's got here is his little public safety initiative so there's your disconnect right? right so my question is this if Shreve is going to be implementing similar kinds of safety policies that Hogsett is if he's shown that he really doesn't he's just kind of kind of wandering through the public safety sphere to see what's popular then do you actually expect that under Shreve downtown Indianapolis would be markedly safer if he's you know taking the way the guns away from law-abiding citizens and things like that or at least trying to I'm gonna make this as simple as possible the weakest area of Joe Hogsett is his ability to control the city. Yep. He has lost control of the city in terms of crime, right? We've seen this. Why, on God's green earth, would you pick any policy of his up and say, well, damn, let's do the same thing? It's such an incredibly stupid move. And when you look at the campaign, these people are telling you who they are right now. In the last 24 hours, and I just put this up on our Twitter, at Hammer and Nigel, the last 24 hours, Jefferson Shreve ran to the very liberal indie star for an op-ed, And one of his major advisors, this Mark Lubbers guy, he's fighting with Guy Relford on Twitter. Now, Lubbers only tweets five to six times a year, but all of a sudden, now he's back online fighting with Guy Relford and ripping on this radio station and the listeners of this radio station. They're telling you who they are. You don't have to vote for these people. If you have to go full Brewster's Millions and go none of the above, go none of the above. But until they earn your vote don't just hand it to them yeah you're right and that's what i've said for years that's why i've given up voting for most republicans and most of my ballot is left blank because a vote is earned it's not given and i'm not saying that you should vote for shreve just because he's not joe hogsett my question and i think the question he should be asking right now is because i, th- I just think they're esti- underestimating the amount of people who are like you have said i'm out and will stay out i think they're, well at the end of the day they're gonna go in there and pull the lever because they don't want more of hogsett if 
is there anything at this point? Like, how does he do it? How? Because uh, we're going to ask him. Like, we're going to ask him. Do you care about these people you've, you've alienated? I mean, it's a very relevant question. What could he do to bring you back in the fold? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm I mean, I know, I know I've, asked this question, I've asked this question to you multiple times. I'm just wondering, like, as you've had days to think about it, is there anything that's changed on that? So I guess it comes back to if you're in a relationship with somebody and you think they're this amazing person, but then you find out they've been cheating on you and they've been running around behind your back talking right. to the people that you don't like, your enemies. Just a week after they told you that they loved you, by the way. Right. What can they do to win your love back? I don't know if there's a thing that can, to be honest with you. I'm open to hearing it. I'm hoping that he comes on your program, Rob, and he's like, look, we screwed up. You know, he does everything that Bud Light didn't do. Admit you screwed up and then say, hey, let's have a real conversation but, because this law anyway is never going to become a law. But then he's an indie star today with this op-ed where he's doubling down on the thing, which tells right. me. So, I mean, he's known for a week now that the clearly the people listening to this radio station, conservatives are upset. It kind of doesn't seem like he like he cares. That's fine. I'll write in Abdul. So th- this is this is the kind of the problem here because the Indiana GOP and also members of other various local GOPs who support him are saying, well, okay, guys, but this is just such a small area of no, policy. It's not. All right. So that is exactly it. First of all, the Second Amendment is not a small area of right. policy. Also, let's say that someone came up and gave you a pie and there is only a bit of mold. There's only a loogie on one part of the pie. It also happens to be on your favorite part of the pie, the slice that you were going to eat would you still eat that pie no long story short i know we're up against the break here but anybody that knows anything about indianapolis knows that law-abiding citizens constitutional carry and how old you are to buy a weapon is not the reason for the crime in the city it's not even close to it and the fact that they're campaigning on it running to the liberal indie star fighting with conservatives on social media ripping on this radio station on behalf of law-abiding citizens bite me okay real quick before we go to break i gotta ask you both because you've got kids i have entered a new phase of my life which is dad energy phase. You know me, how much I love golf. The British Open started today. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. It starts, of course, because it's in Britain, you know, at like 1.30 in the morning. And so every year I set my clock to see the opening tee shot. I'm like, let's go. You know, I get. I woke up, but my alarm went off at 1.30. I just looked at it and said, kind of tired. I'm like Forrest, <laughs> like Forrest Gump. I think I'll go back to bed now. And I didn't watch a single bit of it until I got in the studio here at 8 o'clock. Is that is that the new thing Welcome for me? to the Welcome. party, pal. <laughs> Welcome, buddy. I, I now see 9 o'clock as a goal and not as like the beginning of my evening. Hey, By would, the you way, like, would you like to tell everybody what you got me? So uh, when you came to our uh, open house for uh, my oldest boy this past weekend, we gave you a gift for your daughter, Olivia. There was one shirt that didn't make it on time. <laughs> It came a little late, so we brought it in today. This hiding from Biden onesie for sweet baby Olivia. You're welcome. Uh, we'll take a picture of that. We'll get it up at Robin oh. Kendall. What's coming up this afternoon? Uh, what is today? Thursday. You. Oh, great. You. You're going to come in and go off the rails. How exciting. If you're still awake. <laughs> it's the Kendall and Casey oh. Show. 93 WIBC.